Support for this podcast comes from Vasant TV. Catch Vasant TV's Sangeeta Swarangal every day at 5:30 p.m. from 17 December. Welcome to In Concert, the Hindu's podcast on the performing arts. Our guest today is a formidable presence in Carnatic music, and she is the 2019 Sangeeta Kalanidhi designate of the Madras Music Academy. widely considered the highest mark of recognition in carnatic music both as a performer and as a researcher into the larger carnatic music canon dr s saumya is a fascinating voice and we are happy to welcome her as part of our margari season podcasts dr saumya it's a great honor to have you with us um, thank you for joining this podcast entirely my pleasure So I want to start by asking you I've been doing some research on you and looking at your past interviews one of the things uh, that really struck me is that um, people often try and get you to really drill down into this you know scientific temperament that you have yes uh, so this approach to music which is scientific and there are words like you know academic and cerebral yeah. and that kind of thing so you know in this year when you've uh, when you are the sangeeta kalanidhi designate you've reached this pinnacle of recognition in music and um, hopefully you've had some time to reflect on your career i thought i want i thought i'll start by asking you so that sort of uh, perception of you as being very academic very cerebral what do you appreciate about it and what do you not appreciate about it you can sort of invert <laughs> the yeah, order and I, tell me what you yes yes yeah first of all um, maybe you know people do use these words on me because i i have a a firm academic background in, in terms of iit and uh, yeah having done masters and a science background so that is why i f- i feel people tend to you know say um, you know she's got the scientific approach uh, and all that i do in fact every musician has had in the past if one actually hear, listens to them and you understand samagrishan vasir or gnb sir or anybody before that and all of them had this they all had the cerebral approach that is why we have so many ragas that is why these were handled in so many different ways so many beautiful ways and they were all that way and people also took what was given to them they never classified uh, because i i also i, I think there was no film music they were they were not very different film music was not that different from the classical music or whatever but today it is like people many of them start singing and it's become a fashion sometimes to say you know i i i really don't get into it i just sing intuitively you know you can't do that all the time you can't continue to do that for a long time how long can you you know do the same thing intuitively you, then it becomes stereotypical every musician does think has to think at some point of time right just right. that and definitely classical music because without some kind of thought process without some kind of uh, sitting down and analyzing music you know it's it's not possible at all so i'm i'm really proud to say that you know if if people feel that i'm able to convey this scientific kind of approach which which uh, if, if they if it sounds aesthetic to them mm. and i feel i've achieved because in my opinion even even uh, me i would like to look at all these things as the, it is science it's frequencies it's a set of tones 
it's a mixed match of all these and then when you really go beyond them and put them together it becomes really something aesthetic and becomes an art and um, you know do the two sides at all come into conflict with each other the, your analytic predilection toward music and the aesthetics of uh, performing no see one does and one does all these analysis and understanding all this in the initial stages other one should <laughs> at that stage when you are learning when you do your sadhaka practice and thought and all that do you do all this you uh, ruminate you assimilate then you unlearn then you learn that process gets done after a particular time it's all enjoyment of your sadhaka and it's a different journey after that it's like you do do you study all these things till 12th standard whatever then you do some degrees then you study all that but after when you start working you know you look at the whole learning process and you don't say okay this is physics this is math or chemistry or something it's like that you know at that stage you enjoy what you do and so you know with the sangeeta kalanidhi award uh, it's sort of the pinnacle of achievement by the measures that we use in certainly for any yes there's a difference i think between uh, fame which uh, the sangeeta kalanidhi award brings but also recognition which on the other hand could suggest that you know your name lives on by how deeply you've allowed yourself to be understood through your art mm. um what would you think is is the more important aspect to you i've heard you say that you know fame was never your aim never it will never be <laughs> uh the music is what that should speak for itself is what i firmly believe uh maybe initial stages for anybody to you know if if i had to convey something people had to know me mm. yes now that that is that is the past the, the thing is like for people to understand the music that is being produced so that is what i would like to you know stand the test of time and be there for centuries so that is what it should be if, if somebody says oh this this kind of music this raga this particular concept who okay who has done this and should be you know so on so that is what i would want rather than saying oh she performed concerts but what came out of it oh she made money <laughs> she got <laughs> fame i am not uh, very that, that you know that's a by product right anyway right so i wanted to ask you also about your role as a, as a teacher um mm. in many instances people mention that when they really want to discover some really vintage uh, raga something that's sort of gone out of circulation they come to you um so you also have this role as a mentor as a teacher mm-hmm. um along with your performances um which do you enjoy more do you enjoy both equally uh, does one of those aspects give you more pride uh at every stage performance and teaching go together hmm. because as a performer on stage it's not just performing so when you sing something you are also responsible for what you sing because you're recording something for the posterity and the public is there anyway and these days especially with technology everything is getting recorded right then and there <laughs> documented let me say so and when when you are a teacher you do have to perform and tell them what you are doing so unless you enjoy both it's not going to happen but uh, from a more uh, uh, what would we say day to day perspective it's difficult to when I, when i when i when i don the role of a teacher i really enjoy uh, teaching them i mean like sharing my knowledge let me not say teaching and sharing the knowledge i really enjoyed that a lot i i, I do not know I, i mean no it just goes on for hours sometimes then they'll have to remind me times up <laughs> uh, same thing with concert also but teaching is something uh you do it in your own space but performance ambient things also come into play sometimes a place 
you know, so many things. So by the time you settle and then come into it, the concert is sometimes over. But I try to adapt as much as possible, as quickly as possible. Right. Are there any particular, um, any kind of teachings that you're particularly proud of, uh, a raga that you've unearthed um, and that you've taught to somebody and that they've executed well? Have you seen that happening in concert? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I won't say unearthed. I mean, uh, unknown a kind of that raga that has gone to ragas that would have gone into oblivion. I could say many people in the past have done. My guru has sung. Many of the elders have done. But last, I would say, 20, 25 years, 30 years, they, they probably have not been sung much. So those ragas I like to take up mm-hmm. and sing. And yes, many people today ask me, can you do that? wherever i go uh, not just pan indian but abroad also then i'm like wow not bad <laughs> so th- people are interested if you give them you know nice thing they are they're very ready to take up right. students or drasikas like ghanta is one thing that i i i tried last year at music academy and uh, it was a very elevating experience for me it was a very nice journey it was also a very spiritual journey in a different way when i say spiritual it's not you know the umachi kind of i mean god kind of a thing it's god within you because you go into that space and then look at them the ragas i, I don't know how to say it's pretty sound may sound abstract uh these are all like you know they're not they we say there is a boundary but they're not that the boundary is actually very far you can't really see but we have put a boundary that's very close that we can see you know but when you go inside and start exploring you find it to be the boundary to be pretty elastic right <laughs> this moves away so that is something i enjoyed and that's one raga i tried and i've been like trying uh, other ragas and some of the concepts in the music thing that we do say madhyam shruti ragas I've always wondered the very technical but why are we doing it and all that that way when i started uh, like going in deeper into it many things i learned and naturally i would like to share with somebody so i always do it with my younger uh, colleagues in the field and they really like it uh, the way everything is approached it's not it's an integrated approach it's not musical only it's history it's sociology it's geography so many things combined together you know it's very nice right so i'm going to ask you uh, about a couple of um, your pursuits outside of the concert music scene in particular but um, one thing though about voice culture mm-hmm. uh, you have one of the cleanest and clearest voices oh thank you <laughs> and uh, are there any particular uh, methods or habits you maintain um, how does that work for you no nothing i mean uh, nothing in terms of food or anything else it's just that i normally don't talk loudly i don't Uh, use the phone much i do lots of whatsapp <laughs> <laughs> thanks to whatsapp uh, generally for carnatic music in my opinion the the learning the, the the way we sing itself provides for voice culture you don't have to necessarily do a separate voice culture for carnatic music because there's so much of sahitya words compositions in it we can't just practice a ah, and then you know end up singing consonants everywhere so you know, it's integrated so that practice is enough and i believe in singing open throat i can't sing in falsetto or something like that so that helps because even if you get a cold you know when you sing open throated it's easy to sing otherwise you know if you're going to do this chest voice head voice and all that sometimes if you have a bad respiratory system then those will hinder so that way you know better to just go with the flow and stick to what is good for you right 
Yeah, and Goa. Right, so I wanted to ask you, um, you have a PhD actually in uh, something very complex to do with the Mridangam, um, which I'm not even going to try and explain in this question, so I'll ask you about it. Um, how did that How did that come about and can you actually speak to us in more detail about what that uh, research was into oh. the Mridangam? Yeah, uh, two aspects to it is one, my personal thing of being a scientist at heart yeah. and always uh, wanting to do something in that uh, area. I mean, as everybody knows, I did discontinue my PhD at IIT. So that has always been at the back of my mind. I wanted to, to do something in science and something uh, something related to science. Thanks to Dr. Pramila Gurumurthy, my guide at uh, University of Madras, because usually they're very closed. They say it's music, it's only music, something related to like hardcore music and no science, no interdisciplinary. But she encouraged me to do that. And uh, why Mridangam is because when I travel with my friends, colleagues, uh, the other Vidwans, Mridanga Vidwanas especially, I found them to be really struggling quite a lot because of the temperature, the ambient conditions. It will keep varying and you know, and especially with the uh, uh, traveling regulations, you can't carry more than one or two Mridangams. Very difficult for them to maintain. So I thought I should do something to help them out if I can try. So that that is what led me to do this. A very practical solution for for a problem. Right. And did that actually lead to you advocating a new way of making Mridangam? Yes. Yes, it can be done. It, it definitely, that is what my PhD is about. In fact, my PhD could be just summarized in a, in a, in a tabular column and a CD. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what, that is what it's all about. But uh, un- unfortunately, it requires a lot of help and a lot of, uh, um, what do you say, support from the industry the Mridangam makers and the players. The mm. players are willing, but the Mridangam makers also have to support doing this. It's not very different, it's not very difficult. And uh, they are kind of, they became a little insecure. Th- they thought, I'll, I'll probably jeopardize their profession. And I definitely have no plans of making Mridangam or becoming a Mridangam maker. Right. Yeah. And I, I am just a facilitator. Right. So the, those techniques that you advocated have not yet been... Not yet. Not I'm yet, yet yeah. to get into it. Yes. Full time. Okay. My colleagues in the field have been like telling me, even the younger artists, Mridangam Vidwan, they keep saying, Akka, if you don't do it, at least tell us. Let us get on. We need this help is what they keep saying. Especially because today the travel is... They travel to practically all countries, right? Yeah. Different time of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. And... Um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is uh, this platform called Karnataka that you uh, established some years ago. Yeah. And it's actually quite a pioneering venture in terms yeah. of online learning for Karnatic mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. So uh, walk us through that a bit. What was the story behind Karnataka and how did you kind of establish <laughs> it? Why did you want to do something like that? Again, uh, it was all about technology that was taking... Uh, that was the time when computers were being installed. Uh, at home and it was like, what do I say, it was like a replacement for a TV or something, I don't know. Uh, I remember uh, to own a computer was a big thing, you know, it's like (laughs) everybody has it, even a child has it. But yes, and uh, all these CD-ROMs used to come as freebies if you you bought a computer. Right. Uh, When I say computer, I think the whole setup. The desktop. Desktop and everything, yeah, all that. Um, And so... uh, the uh, idea to take it globally and especially CD-ROM because it it uh, it has everything in it the text 
then the audio could be played the video could be played and everything that is why the cd rom was conceived that was the first thing that we did uh, mr shashikiran and myself and uh, later on we also had the cyber vidyalaya so we thought when internet started catching up we thought we'll try teaching online mm. in some way but initially it was not skype there was no skype at all so we tried putting in modules learning modules we record and then put it and somebody will download listen to it come back to us and it was quite a long drawn process but slowly yes the skype was the first thing we we started and now it's caught up so there was no necessity to continue that because like everybody has everything now you know so many websites so many uh, platforms to learn music face time and so many right right yeah of course of course so uh, does karnataka not uh, really continue anymore no we don't really do that i mean uh, there are really uh, uh, live programs that happen now and then right and you know just following on from karnataka the thing is that with skype and especially with youtube now there are mm. so many different ways in which to access karnataka mm-hmm. music yes uh, you must have seen that both in the way in which your performances yes. are Yes. on different platforms mm-hmm. you give interviews to different platforms um is that is that largely a good thing do you see any drawbacks to it no it's actually a very good thing because people all over are able to enjoy uh, music learn music even in remote countries where they may not be good teachers they're able to learn from good teachers uh, uh, all that is great but the uh, we, we what do i say i mean using it with a purpose you know for learning you can learn from a teacher using these technolo- technological platforms but to learn from youtube is not the right thing is what i feel you know yeah. because people today they don't want to learn from anybody everything is available online free yeah youtube yeah. so you just have to you can anybody could be your guru people who are not alive also can be your guru you know <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a teacher at all that kind of a thing doesn't augur well for arts is what i feel right somebody has to pass on their experience their uh, how th- that evolution of music of that really is very important for any art yeah it's like not going to school at all and you know you just learn at home brilliance intelligence fine but there's something more when you go to school when you, that kind the thing that you learn from your friends the interaction so many things that that is kind of relevant for art also more more for art when you learn from a teacher
ിങ്സ് Uh, and it was later on during around 7th century when other things when sociologically so so, so many things started happening the, the the this kind of you know shaivism or vaishnavism started coming in around 7th century a little earlier also and then started then everybody got onto that mold every everywhere throughout india it happened there's a beautiful uh, book written long back hmm. written on all these things you know how it started simultaneously everywhere and now there are many books but I, what i'm saying is many years back the first book that i came upon it it tells you how in order to ward off a few things uh, you know maintain the culture and not bring in alien cultures at that time is what they say but generally we see uh, even in carnatic music many of the ragas today we find a lot of cross cultural influences it's not just from utsavi dikshit or somebody when i say that you know uh, there are certain ragas we we think it's hardly you know hardcore classical beat hindustani or carnatic but then they have all come from persia right or turk um, turkey from the turks in fact some of the um, um, books of uh, say uh, 16th century even call them these ragas the popular kalyani raga or a todi which is like hardcore classical author calls them turkish ragas okay yeah turki is what he says okay so it's like we do not know it's our ignorance there has been that way so what i'm saying is it's not closed it's not at all closed even the composers even tyagaraja mutswami dikshitar and shama shastri have conveyed lot of in fact that was one of the things that i addressed in my speech here also i said see we are all looking at them only as bhakti bhakti you know and uh, talking only about god no they have said so much about they have used these things to convey beautiful mu- things in music the ragas the talas then prosodical beauties the sahitya a lot of alliterations or uh, so many things you have in english also right as a language hmm. metaphor and so many things adala everything has been used and they have used maybe rama or a krishna or somebody that's it you need some medium right that's what it has been and what is bhakti end of the day the actual meaning in sanskritam is love or share <laughs> that's what they've done right it's, it's our kind of uh, close mindedness that you know making at look at only oh he talks about rama oh this is shiva and you know things like it's not that they themselves say they're beyond all these <laughs> 
how much music in your opinion i mean it's not an opinion hardly but you know in your reading how much music is there still left to be discovered and is it somewhat frustrating for you when actually well i did this myself in the last question but when people ask you you know is carnatic music only about devotional songs or it only does, about it does it does it does music of <laughs> a few people you know repeated yeah it's not so it's really not so and it's not that close as i said it's it's again i think it's it's all in our minds we have become very victorian <laughs> in our approach approach to everything india has never been that way right look at all our classics mm-hmm. i mean even sanskrita or whatever be the language whatever be the literature that we have i mean they've been it's been a very nice free society culturally thought wise every every way uh, british influence has been great but i think this victorian approach has sometimes hampered lot of things a lot of people associate the december season festival with singing with the concerts a really important part of it is the like them sessions yes. that happen in the music yeah. academy and uh, in sabas across of course you are presiding over the music academy conference this year and i'm sorry once again to refer to the slightly more academic predilection that you might have towards mm. these things but how do you sort of what's your read on the way the lecture demonstration sessions have evolved are they improving or do you think that uh, more can be done for them to get more people to participate to come uh, see actually they are improving okay from what i have been seeing uh, for the i attend every year i do come irrespective of whether i take part or not yeah. i go to different sabhas also not just music academy but other places also it's quite on the increase now i mean rather the people more number of people are attending mm. and uh, the the curiosity factor has certainly gone up to learn more or just to address their questions or doubts people do come but uh, not for everything it's like if it is a known name <laughs> they don't look at the topic necessarily more go is as of now it's going more by the name mm. oh this person is talking so i need to go oh it is this Uh, it's not this topic right. let me go uh, music and something sociology oh no i don't think there'll be relevance and the mother you know they're very kind of uh, pre judgmental or preconceived ideas mm. the last still are playing a factor uh, playing a role okay it could be better uh, people should you uh, know set aside all those things and just come for learning every time you do get something it's a win win situation all the time Mm, okay. Yeah. Um the other sort of big trend this season not trend but kind of well I don't want I didn't want to call it rage so I called it a trend but uh Tamil music Tamil say etc um again that's something that you uh, you know well that you uh, I presume you've studied what do you sort of attribute that to there's been a lot of lots of artists are doing do concerts specifically for Tamil music. Yeah yeah. Um what do you make of that trend why is it caught on? you actually madras is chennai is one of the most large hearted uh, cities places for carnatic music which accepts all languages and looks at music only mm. uh, unlike other states wherein when we go there we you know they expect us to uh, perform compositions of in, in that language specifically right. chennai is only place that doesn't happen but yes i don't know uh, in my opinion certainly my guru has done so much work in that area and uh, every aspect like through be it the hardcore classical or the folk tradition mm. that's very beautiful one has to look at all those also but 
music certainly goes beyond any language uh, and all these people have been influenced like tyagaraja or adikshitar have been influenced by other languages yeah like you know our music has been influenced by the marathi tradition bhajan tradition bhajana sampradayam harikatha and then before that the telugu is because of the nayak rule and then the cholas were there so tamil you know all these are important then the cheras were there then you had people like maharaja swatitrnath so people have as i said as, as i've been like saying right from the beginning of the interview it's all all been very nice in fact those people were never close minded they were not acharam orthodox they had a broader vision right it's okay if you want to do as a thematic concert is fine but it, it doesn't have to become very political and doesn't have to be you know taken to that level so oh this is tamil oh this is telugu or something like that it's okay have sing everything if you want but i don't know if, ta- if much has to be done about much i do has to be done about that so when are you going to write a book about uh, <laughs> <laughs> all that is left to be discovered in uh, oh, cosmetic yeah. music singing i don't know i feel i feel like there's a lot that you could write you know about what i'm a person who who uh, there are people who talk and also write very well yeah i'm a person who can talk well but not you know i'm not i, I i'm not very comfortable i'm very lazy But if you start a, ask me to write i'm like let me talk and somebody else write <laughs> you could you could dictate and Maybe, get someone yeah, to I write yeah, that, yeah but uh, there's so much to do uh, i don't know i get so, uh, so so deep into it you know so i forget myself and i go to a different zone different i don't know so at, at that <laughs> it's it's a zone where i feel like it's okay if you want you also come here you know take your time come <laughs> okay let, let let i definitely want to do i definitely def- it should be done record it maybe not right but i would like to record lot of these things for posterity maybe you could start a podcast <laughs> that we're, that's a good idea that we're doing uh, that we're doing one here a good idea yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely yeah yeah so carnatic music and experimentalism um, you know some people are very big on it um, others have different views there's this view that uh, a musical genre is only as relevant as its audience deems it to be and there's this constant conversation i think about how do we uh, expand the audience base for carnatic music and then there's even more angst i think every year about how um, a lot of concert a lot of concert halls seem empty and mm-hmm. that young people are not coming um where's the balance for you in terms of uh, having faith in the fact that there will be listeners who appreciate the kind of high art form of carnatic music and how how much should we also acknowledge that it needs to change and uh, sort of incorporate newer more contemporary influences see i think it is the duty of the musicians to keep experimenting to keep singing mm. and not if i many of my colleagues i do not know maybe they will not accept what i'm saying but if they look at the truth they will understand what what i'm trying to say you cannot sing for the audience right you know what i mean because when you have say 100 people each one would come with their own uh, ideas of a concert most people come uh, with a preconceived uh, idea of oh this is what it's going to be today i want to listen it's their mindset and then how can they impose their mindset on you as an artist don't you have the creative freedom is what i always feel so if if you are able to create something nice and give it to them 
you know if you are able to enjoy what you create you obviously pass on that vibes to them when i say you know as when i say when i say i'm going to sing a composition in mohanam today there will be at least 10 people in the audience saying why mohanam mm. then another another 10 will like say why this composition another 10 will say this mohanam this could have been you know in this talam or this particular temple look at the variables for just one raga you can't appease everybody so how can you say you're singing for the audience and every time you can and that way you know they will want only that in a let's say let's take a, a survey and then say this is what people want and you you can't keep singing that all the time what happens to the art mm. it'll be only that all the time something very fast or something this thing or some somebody who's in a depression may say shut shut everything i just want some melodic music or something like that. you just can't do that i think it is our duty just like a teacher in a school the subject is going to be the same how they teach how they are how are they uh, carrying what the, their message or how are they imparting uh, their knowledge to the students how what is the methodology they adopt is theirs yeah i can say 1 plus 1 is equal to is equal to 2 in many ways it can be something graphic it can be something visual it can be vocal it can be through music also why not so it, it is i think the prerogative of the musicians and if you leave it to them you get lot of wonderful stuff so mm-hmm. an experimentalism will be be very meaningful and it is definitely allowed in music yeah and i was just asking also about lot of music i don't know what your uh, equation is with social media but a lot of musicians have facebook pages yeah, yeah. etc they they have uh, rasikas coming from yes. abroad and they they, they take yes. requests for mm-hmm. individual concerts um i do you also engage no that that's way? what i'm saying no you don't okay because if i'm going to take one or two what about the rest yeah so i always enjoy my and actually if you notice i had this done in in montreal when i went for a concert mm. in canada there was a workshop before the concert so they asked me the very same question and mm. i said that then they were not very happy about it i said okay so i'm going to sing what would you like me to sing I, there were about 20 to 30 people in that uh, interaction each one came up with something and i said see if i sing what that person has asked the other 29 are not going to be happy rather than saying not going to be happy they're like why not me or the some kind of dissatisfaction or some some not happy feeling you know that way and then the next day what happened and then we left it at that next day during the concert there were no lights on the audience at all i did not know how many people had come who they were or anything it was totally dark and there was light only on the days so how do you think i'm going to get audience reaction from the claps no you can't it's not like a chamber concert even there if you enjoy it's i have seen even in the past no musician took chit except for a few things maybe in the towards the end mm-hmm. otherwise they gave us you know their they they had that creative artistic freedom to do what they wanted and we just took it up so if you are able to go to a concert whatever be it whatever be the art form go there enjoy you know it's a, it's a, i'll tell you every song every tone every sound that you hear will be a win win thing for you you'll enjoy each and everything and somebody if picasso draws something it's what he draws you don't go and tell him no 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 i want a blue color here i want the sky should be dark do you do that you go there enjoy what is given you ah so beautiful right that is art isn't it mm. no of course of course that freedom i think you know you should give the artists yeah 
And uh, what about what about collaborations? Do you why do not? Like why not? Should be done. Hmm. Definitely can be done. Definitely. You may ask me why I have not. I've done just a couple, uh, couple of them. But I I feel it should be also meaningful and not just to make some noise. You know, if it can be nice. As I said, we have had lot of influences take give give and take between different countries around us, different cultures around us. Why not? Yeah. And today we think it's all ours. By the way, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Exclusivity la la. I mean, like. <laughs> right. So you know, a good place to good place to end. I think is yeah. that uh, also to we're running a newsletter for mm. the Margadi season, and as oh. part of that, I've been searching through the archives for material that uh, the Hindu has published over the years, uh-huh. and we came across this interview with you as part of uh, a series called Trendsetters from ninety five, ninety six. Wow, is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's with Mr. S. V. K. Who is? Uh, oh, oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. And there's the last part of the interview. Um, so, well, specifically, he asks you, "What do you think about your rating amongst your contemporaries?" And mm-hmm. you say, "There's keen competition, no doubt. Some special techniques have to be adopted to preserve the position that I have." So, you know, looking back several <laughs> years later now, <laughs> to go back to where we started about mm-hmm. you being the Sangeeta Kalanadi designate. <laughs> What were those? What were those techniques? What has really made you stand out? Believe in a very firm belief in 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 what I do. That's what I meant actually that day also probably because I always felt I used to tell my father also whenever he said oh this person I said don't say that you know I have my own let there be any number of people if I can if I I if I I believe in something I that I can do but Tamil ne solano na. நான் இதுதான் பண்ணுவேன் எனக்கு இதுதான் வேணும் எத்தனை பேர் பாடி நான் எனி நம்பர் ஆஃப் பீப்புள் கேன் பர்ஃபார்ம் எனி நம்பர் ஆஃப் ஆர்டிஸ்ட் லெட் தெர் பி மெனி மோர் த மெரியர் ஃபார் தி ஆர்ட் பட் தென் தெர் இஸ் சம்திங் தட் ஐ வுட் வாண்ட் டு டூ அண்ட் ஐ ஷுட் ஹாவ் த ஃப்ரீடம் டு டூ இன் எவ்ரி வே அண்ட் ஐ ஷுட் நாட் பி பாக் டவுன் பை திஸ் திங் ஆஃப் யூனோ ஐ சை சைட் ஆடியன்ஸ் தட் திஸ் திஸ் டூ வாட் யூ வாண்ட் தேட் வில் டேக் யூ இஸ் வாட் ஐவ் ஆல்வேஸ் ஃபெல்ட் அண்ட் ஐ சைட் இஸ் எனிதிங் எல்ஸ் awards fame whatever are all by products this is not luck you have to work to think about what you want to do you need to know this is what it is fix your priorities and that will happen and uh, i didn't swerve from this path i never let anybody dictate my creative freedom i, I don't mind saying that now really i never let anything dictate my creative freedom i if people said i'm sorry i can't listen to ganta fine but i'm going to sing If if you think you're not going to call me for a performance tomorrow, I'll still sing that. You know, at some point of time, you have to, you know, uh, in uh, get into that path. Fortunately for me, I got into that path right from the beginning. I never said today I'm going to sing, tomorrow I'm going to change. Then you will people will think you're frivolous. And when Mari Der Kardi, you know that kind of you know keep changing, no set goals, no set ideals. i always said this is what it's going to be that is the path when you it's not what my guru probably sang or did he said you do this i i have seen him do that and he sang folk music thing he did that with that conviction with that confidence in what he believed in that is something i really used to enjoy looking back i remember if it is narayana gole he sang he'll do that with so much happiness zest same thing with the folk music tamil folk music something yes or a bardiar song or muthu swami dikshitar 
So that freedom he had, that is why he, you know, they all excel, all of them I would say, including my guru. That eye-opener, that enlightenment I got from my guru and I love doing it, I've been doing it. That probably has brought me where I am. <laughs> Sunny.